the numbers that we gave really were like the after effect to how people were effectively managing those leading factors within their businesses as well. And being able to say, okay, if I want to do better, I need to, to tweak these things on the front end. Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO podcast, and I appreciate you listening to this episode. And if you've been listening this year, you know that we hit 1,600 episodes at the beginning of this year, and we're doing something a little bit different where we're repurposing our favorite episodes around certain categories or topics, or as I like to call them, the business pillars that we think are going to be extremely impactful for CEOs, entrepreneurs, and business owners. And what I like to call the CB Nation architects who are looking to level up their organizations. This month, we are focused on our greatest asset, talent management and hiring. Think from great resignation to the great renovation. And if you disagree with me, maybe these episodes might be especially for you. Life and especially business has changed. It has forced those that are within organizations to look differently at talent, how it's being managed. When we talk about change, think about it. We have to realize that business as usual is no longer here. And that's evident in attracting and retaining clients, but also in setting up people within organizations to succeed. Think onboarding, think DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, how it is working from home, and even going back into the office. Things are different, and this month we are going to explore these topics by featuring CEO hacks and CEO nuggets, but also interviews that focuses on these changes and how organizations can make sure they care for and attract the most valuable asset, their people. Sit back and enjoy this special episode of the I Am CEO podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Sheree Wark of the 10K Project. Sheree, it's awesome to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Gresham. No problem. Super excited to have you on. And before we jumped in, I want to read a little bit more about Sheree so you can hear about all the awesome things that she's doing. And for close to 10 years, Sheree helped companies raise millions of dollars as a business plan writer. The most successful fundraisers, fundraisers already had a network of high net worth individuals and could raise millions within a few weeks of Sheree's completing their business plan. Her Black clients, most of whom had great ideas but didn't have these relationships, would struggle to receive funding. Cherie has a solution for this massive problem. She's building the largest community of Black small dollar, dollar investors who can help fund Black businesses. Cherie, are you ready to speak to the IMCL community? I am so ready. Thank you awesome. for having me. No problem. Let's do it. So to kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit, hear a little bit more about what led you to get started in your CEO story. Sure. So my, my true CEO story started with a very controversial now person who is Robert Kiyosaki, unfortunately, and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So I was on track to become the CFO for a Fortune 500 company. That's what I thought I wanted to do when I was in, in college. And when I went to my first job, one of my coworkers gave me a copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and that totally changed my perspective. So I started off like most people do doing things part-time. I went out and, and flipped real estate for a little bit and, and I got into other businesses and I was really just trying to find myself and ended up 
about 15 years ago, my mother, actually it's more like 18, 19 years ago now, my mother started a bookkeeping business and I ended up joining her full time with her bookkeeping business, helping her grow it. I started off as her marketing person and I was so good at marketing. I was bringing in, in clients and then she said, you brought these clients and now you have to service them. <laughs> And that wasn't in my plan. However, I worked with her diligently. I serviced clients. I did their bookkeeping, their accounting for them. And one of the interesting things is I got to see the patterns of the most successful business owners and those who weren't successful. And they couldn't lie to me because I saw their numbers. So so it was was interesting that I got to see that uh, inside look at them. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's extremely powerful. And and I've always thought that was one of the best things to learn. Cause I think they say, if you're able to look at the the numbers, so to speak, and read the book, read the books and understand the books, it tells the story of the business. And I can imagine getting that opportunity to work with probably different types of business owners at different stages and see all that. It's probably a really great foundation. Yes, it was. It was. And I will give everybody a hint right now, because you are the I am CEO podcast, the most successful people that at least were in our business, they sat down with my mother every single month without fail and reviewed their numbers. How much money were they making? How much money were they spending? What were their goals? And because of that, I liken it to your weight. If you say, okay, I want to be X pounds. And if you get within five pounds of that range, you got to rope it in and you got to cut out the sweets or whatever. Those are usually the most successful people with their health. It's the same thing with with your money and with your business success as well. Yeah, that that makes so much sense. I'm I'm glad you gave that kind of analogy as well, too, because I think anytime as you said, the people that are the healthiest, so to speak, or reach those goals, a lot of times they're on the scale every day mm-hmm. or every week and understand exactly where they are, what they need to do or what they don't need to do. And so many times we forget that about our business is like how important those finances are mm-hmm. and ignoring them or looking at them maybe once a year doesn't cut it for those businesses that are truly going to be the most successful ones. And, and let me add on to that. Some mm-hmm. businesses is not necessarily about dollars. A lot of times your your finances is like the outcome. Some businesses, it's how many customer complaints are you getting? How many refunds are you giving to people? You know, how many times do you have to go back and explain things to certain people? There are usually, they're like lead factors and lagging factors. I'm sure your, your clientele and your, your listeners know about this, but looking, the, the numbers that we gave really were like the after effect to how people were effectively managing those leading factors within their businesses as well. And being able to say, okay, if I want to do better, I need to, to tweak these things on the front end. So yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much to, I, I don't believe in people having a lot of different things that they're looking at, but usually I would say three metrics within any business. If you, if you get those correct, then usually a lot falls into line. Yeah, that's extremely powerful. So could you take us through the 10K project and tell us exactly what you're doing with the clients you work with? Sure, sure. So actually the 10K project started out because of my mother's bookkeeping business. So at one point in my mom's bookkeeping business, she decided that she wanted to get a bank loan in order to get a, she decided she wanted to get a bank loan. Let me just say that. And part of the bank loan is you have to write a business plan. And I had written one for school, but I had never written one for a company to actually go and get a loan or get any kind of funding. And I just thought, oh my goodness, if I screw this up, what what is Thanksgiving going to look like? So (laughs) what do you do? The first thing you do is usually you go to Google, right? Like how to write a business plan. And then I started asking, what are they really looking for? What do they make their decisions on? And long story short, 
I wrote this business plan for my mom. I gave it to a gentleman that had about 30 years of experience helping companies raise funding. He said, you did a great job. Make these few tweaks and give it to the bank. And the bank said it was one of the best business plans they'd ever read. So at that point, my mother starts bragging. My daughter wrote this business plan <laughs> and the bank said, and her friends and her clients started asking, can you write my business plan? Fast forward to 10 years later, <laughs> this is where we are. So I'm writing business plans for people and people, some people still aren't getting funding. And I asking why, what is happening with the people who are getting funding from the ones who aren't? And people from other ethnicities usually would have someone that they could take that business plan to and say, this is, this is the plan, this is what we're going to do. And literally my clients were getting $50,000 checks, $100,000 checks, $150,000 checks based on the strength of the team they had put together and the business plan that I had put together. I would have innovative, hardworking, great Black entrepreneurs, but they didn't have those individuals in their lives. I only had actually one who did, and she got the check, right? Based on the, the business plan that I wrote. So I also saw that there was the resurgence of We Buy Black movement, right? And I started thinking if people were buying Black, maybe they would invest Black too. And for three years, I was saying this. 10,000 of us got together. We put in $100 each. That's a million dollars. We could start funding our own businesses. But I'm telling you, Gresham, I was trying to get somebody else to do it. I'm like, somebody, please take this idea. Please take it. And finally, one day in a meeting, one of my co-founders said to me, are you going to do something about that? And I think that's important as CEOs. You're saying something for so long. You have a great idea. You're saying it. You're bragging somebody else to do it. And what I, I was making good money as a business plan writer, but I wasn't having the impact that I knew I could have. And everything aligned where the right person said it to me, the right group of co-founders came in with me. They put money in. I put money in as well. So we were all committed. We all had our time commitment, our money commitment. And this was pre all the social unrest, pre-COVID, all of that. But I just felt like the time was right. And that that's the long story <laughs> of how we got here today. Would you would you consider that to be what I call like your secret sauce, the thing you feel sets you apart or the organization apart and makes it unique or, or even for yourself? Do you feel it's that ability to be able to see maybe the forest for the trees to be able to see all those different aspects and ingredients that lead to success and be able to set that up in your organization. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so glad that you started off the interview the way that you did because I'm 44 now. So when I was 22, 23, I was introduced to Robert Kiyosaki and that's what 20 years of experience of making money, of losing money, of risking, of starting businesses. Some businesses failed, some businesses were successful and really discovering some of the formulas to investing as well as investing in private equity. Let me say that in private businesses, right? Investing as well as, as entrepreneurship and being able to say, again, what can we do that, that one of the venture capitalists that we spoke with in the 10K project said that everyone says that one out of 10 businesses fail. Why are we accepting that as, as, as okay? Yeah. You know, what can we do to make it that six out of businesses, six out of 10 businesses make it? I wanted to switch gears a little bit okay. and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? Three years ago, I hired a business coach to help me. 
And one of the things she had me start doing was working out regularly. And now I'm at a point where if I don't work out two days in a row, I'm like, ah, I need to get my power walk in. So I'm, I'm going to say power walking 30 to 40 minutes a day. I use that time sometimes to listen to a podcast or listen to a piece of information that I need for my business. And then sometimes I don't have anything on and I'm just walking and praying and letting my thoughts come to me. So that, that for me is a very powerful hack that I use that's effective. Now, I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO nugget. And this could be a word of wisdom or a piece of advice. It might be somebody that you would give advice to within the ecosystem, or it might be something you would tell your younger business self. The one that I have at the top of my head right now is a quote by Henry Ford. And it's whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. And what he meant by that is, if you think you can't do something, then you can't do it. Now, I wanted to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on this show. So Sheree, what does being a CEO mean to you? Oh, goodness. Being a CEO means, I'm going to say control. Control, equity, and owning your mistakes as well as your successes. So that's CEO. Um, <laughs> so I, I like control. I do. I'll admit it. I like control. I get to control my time. I get to control the people that I work with, the people that I surround myself with. However, just as much control as I have, that's also control I don't have as well. Because mm-hmm. you, for example, if I had a job, I could be there Monday through Friday, nine to five. No one's bothering me on a weekend and no one's bothering me at night. And I'm not staying up at night, tossing and turning, you know, uh, trying to solve problems. But I like that as well. And then I like the equity. I like the ownership. I like knowing there's a guy named T. Harp Ecker who did a, a, a something called Speed Wealth back in the 90s. You can still find it on YouTube. And he said that for entrepreneurs, the biggest asset that you'll have is the business itself that you can sell. So years ago, I did some calculations and I said, okay, if I want to have something that I could live off the interest, I would need to build a business where I could get $3 million. Where are you going to get that from a job? (laughs) It's going to be hard to do that. Not impossible, but hard. However, if you're an investor or if you're an entrepreneur, the chances of that are, are much easier. So, you know, that's what being a CEO means to me. Appreciate that definition and appreciate that perspective and appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you want to let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get a hold of you and find out about all the awesome things you're working on. Sure, sure. So I just want to invite everyone to come and join our community. It is free to sign up for our email list and get our ebook. It is the10kproject.com, the10kproject.com. So we're building the nation's largest community of Black investors who want to fund Black businesses for as little as $100 per investment. So you can come. We have a ton of free webinars that are coming up. You'll also get access to some of the previous free webinars that we've had because we do believe in financial literacy and in building Black wealth. And then when you're ready, we would love for you to become a member. And what happens is when you become a member, you will get access to our Knowledge Center for members, either the Investor Knowledge Center or the Entrepreneur Knowledge Center, depending on which one you choose. And you'll have an opportunity to hear all the pitches on the platform and invest in any and all the businesses on the platform. So that is what membership gets you. 
And please just consider becoming a part of our ecosystem. Nice. I definitely appreciate that, Cherie. And what we'll do is we'll have the links and information in the show notes. And I appreciate you so much. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. Grab CEO gear at www.ceogear.co. This has been the I Am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless. Thank you for listening.